Welcome to Jurassic Pod, a podcast 65 million years in the making. Hello, friends. It's been one week since the release of Jurassic World Dominion, and I'm sure you've had plenty of conversations processing the final chapter of this saga. I've been proselytizing for this film to family and friends outside the Jurassic fandom center circle, and hopefully more and more people are watching this film and enjoying it as much as I did, and I'm sure you did. One of the most controversial parts of this film was the disparity between critics and fans. So how did this happen? And why is the chasm so wide? Today in Jurassic Pod, we're going to investigate this further with a little help from one of our good friends. Mike and I weren't able to get in the studio this week to record, but here's his thoughts on the subject. I think that the discrepancy between the critic score and the fan score for Dominion has mostly to do with the fact that the critics are grading Dominion as if it were in a vacuum. And the fans are reacting to Dominion based on expectations that were set from the previous movies in the franchise. And my hatred, or maybe not hatred, but my dislike of Fallen Kingdom is documented on this podcast. But I feel that I enjoyed Dominion so much because ultimately my expectations were low. I just didn't want the franchise to have another stinker. And I felt that Dominion delivered on that. And uh, to your point, Luke, uh, in the previous podcast we did, the Reaction podcast, I felt that uh, Dominion did the most with what it had. And I think that's what the critics don't understand or what they're choosing to ignore. They're looking at Dominion as a standalone film. And while I will contend that it is better than 30%, I believe that uh, they see it as it's a bad individual film. And that's why the fans... Uh, ultimately have a greater reaction because they're looking back at their fandom. They're, they're considering Dominion in context. I also just generally don't think that people like dinosaur movies. Outside of the original Jurassic Park, there isn't really a movie that contains dinosaurs that really captures fan bases. Jurassic Park had that because it was so novel. It was so new and it really had a different spin. But dinosaurs in general aren't things that adults tend to really get into unless it's a prolonged interest, a sustained interest from childhood. Thank you, Mike. Last Sunday afternoon, I caught up with Daniel Steffen, the creator of the Stuck on Sorna podcast and a JP3 aficionado. He had just seen Dominion for a second time at his local drive-in theater. We'll jump into the conversation right when I asked him his reactions on a second viewing of Jurassic World Dominion. For you, like the second viewing held up to what you felt the first time? 100%. Wow. I mean, my history with Jurassic movies, it's interesting because I've seen JP3 and then all the three Jurassic Worlds in the theater, right? Yeah. This was the first one that after the, the first viewing, where I wasn't disappointed. Even JP3, the first time I saw it, I mean, I was, you know, 13. I had hyped it up so much. Um, just 
it, you couldn't live up to that. I think it was really the JP3 ended so quickly. It's like so abrupt. It didn't, it wasn't fulfilling enough that first time. Yeah. So I was disappointed. Jurassic World, you couldn't live up to the hype from 14 years. So that, that didn't work out. Fallen Kingdom definitely <laughs> didn't meet my expectations. So it's like this one, and it could be a combination of, you know, two previous Jurassic World movies that did not meet my expectations. But I, Jurassic World, I, I watch. I mean, I, I do like it. So there's that going into it, plus returning the trio, Alan, Ellie, Ian. Stole the show. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, the film, and this is tough because I stayed away from reviews, but you couldn't help titles or reviews like on Twitter. Like, oh, yeah. Brutal. Like, some were just horrific. Um, so I was going in like, and I was listening to the Jurassic Park podcast and Brad was talking about this too, where, you know, he heard some bad reviews, but like, you know, half hour and half hour into the film, he's like, okay, this is going okay. This is good. An hour in. Okay. All right. What's going on? And then when it ends, you're like, wait a second, that was actually a good, like a good movie. And for me, like, you know, even 10 minutes and I'm like, okay, I mean, something bad's going to happen. Like they're going to do some stupid stuff, like really off the wall. And it just doesn't happen. No. And so when it ends, I'm like, wait a second. It's really confusing with the critics because I'm very critical of the Jurassic World movies, the first two. Um, I'm, I enjoy them as a fan, but like there's some major issues where like baffling decisions by whoever, the writers, the director, editor that no one stepped in and said, hey, you got to cut this or cut that line or that look. Some like very small changes that would make a huge difference. Um, so when we got to this third you know, Jurassic World, and it ended, I was just like, wow, they, they really figured it out for the most part because Owen's character is finally the character I want. Yeah. Um, and he, there were so many times where he could have ended a conversation with a joke. Like, I feel like in a previous film, they would have made it more comedic. And I'm like, no, this is perfect. Let him, there's a scene, it's not, not a spoiler, but Franklin talking about him wearing a vest. Yes. Like, I don't want you to come and wearing your vest and doing that. And it's like, Owen could have easily followed that up with a good joke right but yeah. he doesn't and it's like okay that's the difference between this movie and the first one um they just kind of let his character it's the chris pratt effect like you want yeah. him to kind of be funny but like you don't need to be and claire same thing like i was not annoyed by her character mm -hmm. really at any point i was like yeah oh, what, what is going on in this movie like they they figured they i mean they might have filmed stuff but they definitely cut out or made it made her character watchable enjoyable there's clearly an impact at least from fallen kingdom where people watched it and were like i'm not as excited for the third one i, I have a lot of things to say about it but I mean, yeah i i think uh i think there was there was a lot of discipline and patience i feel like with this one like they they didn't try to force things that they had in the previous two but i want to go back to the conversation about the critics, because I've been thinking a lot about this. This is what I've been thinking about the most because I tried to stay away from spoilers, but I knew people like I was getting secondhand rumblings, mainly from the, the Jurassic fans that were saying that there were bad reviews. So I actually wasn't reading them. I think if Top Gun Maverick did not come out before Jurassic World Dominion, it would be a totally different conversation. I'm not saying it would be 95% around tomatoes, but this is a hundred percent, a classic case of critics and reviewers uh, coming off of one film and, and like kind of having these unrealistic expectations for the next film and taking it out on, <laughs> on Dominion. Cause if you think about it, 
they're both they're both like legacy sequels. They're both they both have amazing originals. They both have star power, but Top Gun Maverick is is that whole idea is they're they're different films. They're totally different films. Yeah. But I think the high of Top Gun Maverick, there was just crazy expectations. And honestly, I think what like going into these films, I think traditionally you would have reverse expectations. I think a lot of people would have gone into Top Gun Maverick thinking, oh, it's just a sequel. It's just a money grab. It's just Tom, Tom Cruise trying to do his thing. And then more of expectations for Dominion with the cast coming back. So it's just, it's just this odd like moment in, in movie history where if you flipped maybe the weekends or if Top Gun Maverick came out before COVID, like it was supposed to, yeah, it would be a totally different conversation. So that makes me feel a lot better because I, I think it's just a, it's, it's in the moment. It has nothing to do with the actual film because yeah, like even like critics that I like or movie reviewers that I like that are pretty, like pretty much provide like heady and smart, intelligent reviews, like went after Dominion, like brutally. I was shocked. There's not, many good reviews i mean it's at what 38 percent rotten tomatoes that's really low that's that's bad i mean i i don't think anybody like from the jurassic team that made the film could have predicted that no because i mean i'm sure they watched it just like i did or even enjoyed it more but like i watched and like that's everything you would expect from a sixth jurassic film you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What, what, what could have you done to make it better? Like besides little semantic things, or I think there were some maybe logistical things with the dinosaurs and scientific justifications that could have maybe helped the film, but from like a overarching story standpoint, I don't know how they could have made a better film. I really don't. I mean, let's face it. I mean, movies have changed in the past two years, as far as theaters, if it weren't for Marvel films, uh, and films like Jurassic or Ma- Maverick, I mean, that's just mind blowing what it's it's doing financially. I mean, it's before Maverick came out, I'm like, this movie's gonna have to make $900 million to top the first one. I'm like, that's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. Like, I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan, like massive, love all of his movies. I mean, but I never predicted that. I did not predict it'd be that great of a movie. I've seen it three times in the past couple of weeks. It is the easiest film for me to recommend yeah to anybody i think that's the weird thing is like i'm a huge top gun fan love tom cruise i was super excited about this movie i knew it was going to be good quality technically like just he was waiting to make the sequel for so long to have a technical innovation um but the outside of like the fans of the original and the tom cruise fans i did not expect like to be like people talking about it on TikTok and stuff like you know it's like it's wild it's what's it, happened it's tough to find a better view of maverick it's just it's just i think it changes movies hopefully it changes movies i mean i went from watching doctor strange early may to maverick a few weeks later i mean marvel is to me dropped the ball like they they've gotten so lazy they're yeah. fun movies i enjoy i'll go see them the first day but when you watch them back to back you're like oh my gosh like night and day which is a Tom Cruise movie, by the way. <laughs> yes, very, very different than Maverick. No, I can go on about Maverick, but back to, to Jurassic, there's something strange when the critics are so critical of a movie that, you know, fought through COVID to film. Yeah. With the, Even with Tom Cruise, like, their goal is, like, we want to keep theaters going. And, like, it's important that they did. Like, it's, it's so huge, and people are going back to the theater that if you go and see this movie, and whatever criteria they're judging it on, maybe comparing it to the first film, but it's like, this is number six. Yeah. And 
Colin Trevorrow has set the bar with his first two Jurassic films. And these critics have seen those movies. So it's like, we're at the third one. What are they judging it on? I mean, because look at it this way. How many Jurassic fans there are for the first two to make like, like a billion dollars, right? They yeah. know people love these movies. So when you're a critic and you can't put yourself in the mind of the audience, like a Jurassic fan, be like, yeah, they would like this movie. It's a little confusing. But it's, they were so harsh. So um, harsh. It just it happens sometimes with Hollywood. And I think five, six years from now, people looking back will realize this was a really, really well done movie. I, I, I compare this new franchise a lot to what happened with Star Wars. And I think about The Rise of Skywalker, which I enjoyed it in the theater, but it was an absolute mess of the, like trying to clean up a franchise. Oh, yeah. Jurassic had or Jurassic World had a similar standpoint where they set themselves, they wrote themselves into a pretty big third final film. Like they're going to have to make some, some good moves here. Or like the, the, I guess the potential that I saw for disaster, which I think a lot of us as fans saw for a disaster was high percentage to just like be a batshit crazy movie, but it ended up really like coming back to what I love about this franchise is the brains and the brawn. And I think it's really interesting. Did you like, I, like to bring it to JP3, I felt like there was a lot of like similar spiritual connections in these movies. Like the pace of it felt very JP3. I don't know if you felt that way. No, once it hits the, the second, second half of the film, um, I don't want to get into any, I'm, I don't know if, we want to talk spoilers spoilers at all let's we can dive in we can dive into spoilers all right it's not even like a big shock you've seen in the trailer the plane the plane crash right yeah from that point on it's the pacing yeah jp3 and it which is similar to jp3 a plane crash you know i mean once they're there they land in like the sanctuary and it's like there's chaos pretty much yeah i mean it it felt exactly i mean we even had the parachute uh, which claire was able to get out of the parachute uh but and I think that's the thing that maybe critics didn't see is that this wasn't just like a nostalgia callback. There was a lot of callbacks, but it wasn't like blatant callbacks like the first Jurassic World was. It was a little bit more subtle. And you really had to, I think you had to be a fan to really connect those callbacks. Like that whole sequence is like, oh, this feels like JP3, like Claire parachuting down, getting out of the parachute, plane crash, and just jumping right into the, just the, the pacing of it. Plus- Alan Grant how did how did you feel because I know Alan Grant's your favorite character how did you feel like he was portrayed and having him back on the screen well I mean I'm obviously I can't think clearly about it because I'm just glad he was on screen yes um after I watch it a few more times and break it down I'm confident I'll probably realize he wasn't utilized as well as he should have yeah I forget who posted it on Twitter someone was saying like they were disappointed there was no not real purpose for Grant, but he didn't have that big moment or he didn't have much to say as a paleontologist with like all this experience. He didn't have that moment. Um, but the way this movie is, I mean, clearly stuff was cut. Like I'm watching the first time you see Grant, there has to be another few minutes that open. Yeah. Cause he's talking to these kids on cell phones. Yeah. I think they cut a whole sequence. I think they, I, what I understood it was they're instead of getting scientific research from like a university or grant, you're getting tourism to fund your project. Well, that's what they, they imply, but I'm like, nobody writes that grant talking to two teens on their cell phones. Like there's no more to that. Like 
there has i'm sure they wrote more because his whole thing is i hate computers i'm not up to date on anything and he's talking to these people on cell phones not paying attention to him for like two seconds and he's gone yeah so i do feel like there's more i'm sure yeah. there's more we're gonna have to wait for the blu-ray to i think see that scene and i feel like there was a cut scene in that yeah, i would say beyond for that sure. no i mean i wanted him to kick a dinosaur in the face he did that that was a big thing for me like and when it happened i'm like thank you so much like it didn't need to happen <laughs> as usual but it does and I but it yes that. yes um, no i mean it's it's tough because you on the first viewing i'm like okay we're on owen and claire okay let's speed this up let's get over back to alan and ellie that's all i need yeah i love that they're trying to investigate solve something that's not specifically about like a dinosaur attack like they're they've got a mission and that it I love the Malta sequence. Right? Yes. It's incredible. I could also see that I wish either it didn't exist or it was shorter. Cause there's some like weird pacing where like Alan and Ellie, like there's not some like big action for a while. You know what I yeah. Mean? It takes a while for them to get into their, like their mission mode. Yeah. And, but you had, to, they stuffed the Malta sequence in there. If that's where it felt like a little bit of a James Bond movie, which I, I mean, I'm a huge James Bond fan, oh, but it sure. did. It did feel like a James Bond movie where you're globe trotting, but I loved uh, just that whole kind of spy sequence tied to the bigger picture. Even Ellie's character, where she's she's not doing dinosaur research, she's she's yeah. that's not necessarily what what she's doing, which makes sense as you as you progress as a professional, probably. But there, yeah, I see where like Doctor Grant didn't have this big moment, like hero moment. I guess the hero moment is his journey of. Like, I'm not happy and I want to be with you, which is, yeah. I think, beautiful. We all want yeah, it. Yeah, I guess that's his, you know, arc. It's at the same time, like, yeah, I want more Grant. I want to see more of like before Ellie shows up. And yeah. I'm sure we have some of that deleted. Um, but in general, yeah, it was great to see him, you know, up on screen surviving. I mean, I was afraid, I was shocked that nobody really. I think that was the biggest shock of the movie that they didn't kill. I mean, I could have seen Maisie, uh, Ian, Dr. Grant, or Owen potentially all yeah. being killed. And even the new cast, I thought maybe one of them would go down, um, but they everyone survived, which I don't know if that was a like a preparation for something more, or it, it's hard to know what they why they chose not to do that. Yeah, I think the whole, you know, it's the finale, it's not even close like, this could have been in the second movie and we'd be like there's so much that's going to happen in the next one because they didn't really tackle the effect of dinosaurs like no in our society which i assume the movie would be more about i mean they mentioned like the documentary footage but like there are dinosaurs everywhere and that's a yeah. huge problem yeah it, it's gonna be really like i think we all i expected there to be a little bit more close books but i understand why they didn't and that's what I was most curious going in. I really like that they they tied to these larger themes of that we live in our real world of like humans trying to coexist with nature on earth as it changes, as invasive species influence yeah. us. As we like, obviously, like it's crazy. Like, I think even again, there's been a lot of movies like this that were made during COVID and have these bigger COVID themes. Um with the locust, which I loved. I, I don't know what you thought about the whole locust idea and having that be this greater danger, but I, I thought it was brilliant and it was smart, but risky oh, yeah. because like, 
I feel like the, the, the tendencies just like throw more dinosaurs as antagonists. And it really wasn't the dinosaurs. It was Biosyn trying to control, which is the whole theme of Jurassic. I feel like. Yeah, no, the, the locust made perfect sense to me. I mean, I'm all for it. I don't know why people would be upset about it. I mean, maybe if they haven't read the book or paid attention to the Jurassic films and Biosyn, I don't know. It, it seems like a logical thing to do. Could they have talked more about the effect of dinosaurs also eating things and trampling, destroying? Yeah. I mean, that was a big question. Well, this is backing the film up. Jurassic World, it's always bothered me that our hero, like Owen, was partially at fault for letting the Indominus Rex out, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Fallen Kingdom, I was always upset that Maisie was the one <laughs> to let the dinosaurs out. I'm like, what are we supposed to feel? You know what I mean? Exactly. Okay, so when it comes to this one, there are a lot more. I think you mentioned in your podcast, um, there are a lot of dinosaurs, like new species. There's like, I, there's a lot. It's a big change, and it's, yeah, it kind of like helps where it's like, okay, it's not all Maisie's fault. Like, no, there was the auction. Some dinosaurs made it out. Maybe it took them off the island, but there's so much that I have, like questions about. Yeah, they, I think that's the biggest. If there's a gaping hole that. And I don't even say it's like, sometimes it's like, you know what? This isn't a Marvel movie. We don't need to answer every single thing. Every single plot point does not have to be fulfilled. Like, I think it's okay. But that's the biggest question is there's so many other stories. And that's why I did like the Malta sequence. If, if, if anything, getting the Star Wars cantini, cantina scene, underground dinosaur black market scene was, I love that because that, the whole theory is that's happening all over the place now is all those things are it's it's the cat's out of the bag essentially and humans are on both sides helping trying to and it's what big like big game animals all these things are happening in the real world it's a bigger dramatization of what that culture is which i really loved i thought it was cool yeah i mean what'd you think of the opening to the film with the like the footage verse like adding the prologue in it's all last year yeah, I, it was interesting. I, I think the first 15 minutes, I think, was the hardest part of the movie. I think partially it was nerves. And I, I, I don't know what it was like rewatching it again. Uh, I think that first like 10, 15 minutes felt very much like what we had seen in Fallen Kingdom. It felt a little bit forced. I like the, the sitcom of like Owen's Cabin. I thought that was fun. Um, but I was a little bit worried about them glossing over too much, but I think it ended up once we, once we made the connection that it was, and we learned more about Maisie as a character, which I, I really like Maisie as a character. And we had the whole, I think they did a good job making Maisie matter more as a character, yeah. uh, which I thought was really worried about because I felt like Fallen Kingdom. It was like, okay, where is this coming from? this doesn't really make sense, but I felt like they did a better job like grounding it and using Owen and Claire to have that parental relationship. It was the best Owen and Claire I think have been at, at like the entire franchise. I agree. They were very toned down, relatable, calm. Rewatching Jurassic World the other day, I mean, there are some tough moments with, with Claire and Owen. Just Their relationship is just 
so confusing to me how they portrayed them. But yeah, this film, it's like you accept it. They're living in a cabin together with Maisie. That's all I need. Like that's, yeah, that's perfect. I'm so glad they weren't hauling blue around the world. Oh, I was thrilled. Somehow, I was thrilled. I was worried. I was worried that he was going to appear in the third act. That blue was going to like somehow trek across the ocean. I think that was my, one of the bravest and best moves was to keep blue on the sidelines and not really have blue part of the story because it's, and I, and I, and let me tell you, uh, Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum's portrayal of Ian Malcolm calling Owen out for this weird relationship with a dinosaur is exactly like what I've been saying this whole time is like, this is weird. It's a, it's intimate. Like it, it's, it, it like, like you have to respect and these characters don't get it. The first two Jurassic world movies. It's like, these are dangerous animals. Like you cannot try to control them. Even if you're having a quote unquote familial relationship with yeah. them, they're not from this time. They are, a, even though they're created from like humans, like from a laboratory, they are not, for this world and i love just how ian malcolm just blatantly called owen out multiple times of like oh yeah now, malcolm was by far i think the best of the three that came back i mean he fell into character you know perfectly and that's what's frustrating watching the film is like oh i can't wait to see ian again when he keeps coming up like he's there's a big difference with charisma and likability when jeff goldblum was on screen as ian malcolm versus claire and owen like it's yep. not even close. I mean, not even close. They there needed to be way more Jeff Goldblum. I was first viewing so shocked, you know, that he was with you know Biosyn. Like I was like, what? What? That's kind of strange. And then it made perfect sense. I love the, yeah. that dialogue is the best. We need the first JP has so much dialogue. Exactly. That's what I love about it. Um, and I wish Alan Grant had been more in on those conversations in the film. He doesn't. I think there's opportunity to somehow, I don't know where, and maybe they had it, but I feel like he should have a lot to say. And there should have been, I mean, I've always imagined that those conversations with, you know, Grant and Owen, like what that'd be like. Yeah. Like Grant who, who has, you know, basically PTSD from Raptors. Yeah. Owen, who is the best friend of a Raptor. It's like, that's an interesting <laughs> conversation. Or Slash argument. lover. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's so much room for conversation. They get a few lines about, I know. Oh, I read your book. Yeah. And they did it as good as they could. I, I agree. I wish I, we didn't need like a return of the King seven endings, but I think we could have had like one extra scene of dialogue between whether it's Ian and Grant and, and Ellie Sadler, them having like, I would, I actually would have liked a little bit more dialogue at the end, just wrapping it up oh. more, more from a fan standpoint. I understand from a blockbuster movie, you can't do that, but it would have been nice to have, at least one uh, Peter Jackson fade to black conversation. Listen, if it really is the end of the franchise, which I don't believe that'd be a, it's a pretty strange way to end it. I mean, talk about just a, a blah ending for you see Grant and Ellie in DC. Um, and they say, Oh, everyone's testifying at, you know, Congress or whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah. give us like the way fallen kingdom ends. I love it with, you know, Ian Malcolm, you know, his dialogue that's kind of like what I wanted at the end of this film. Like I want to see, it, it felt like there was a deleted scene or something after. Cause it's like yeah. it's weird. Alan and Ellie in the park. Um, he sees like a, a little dinosaur, the kid. He's not used to it. It'll take a while to get used to it or whatever. And then you kind of cut away and it's like, 
I do want a more solid wrap up. I mean, even one more shot. I don't, there's gotta be something. Yeah. It would have been nice to have a little bit more of that. I guess the traditional ending of a voiceover or a more dramatic shot, but yeah. What do you, what do you think? Like, what is your honest feeling? I think this movie is going to make a decent amount of money, but what's your honest feeling of where they're going to go next? Universal. Obviously Colin Trevorrow has, has kind of said publicly that he's done. Like he's like, he said another young filmmaker could take this, but what do you, I do think is going to happen that real quick. Colin is a whopping 45. Years old, <laughs> okay. And he started this yeah. franchise, let's say eight or nine years, let's say nine years ago. Like, I mean, he was in his mid thirties. He is that young filmmaker. He still is that young filmmaker. Yeah. He is. There are, you throw a rock in a, any direction in LA, you're probably going to find a more experienced director. Like before he got that role, like, yeah, in my opinion, like if there's anything that hurt the whole, the Jurassic world franchise is that I'm glad Colin brought the, brought everything back, but clearly there was some lack of experience that, I mean, I just think like, I don't want to say I'm a huge Joe Johnston fan, but I am, you know, like <laughs> yeah. somebody like that has a good script and a, a veteran director or someone like helping Colin out. Like I'm not a huge fan of having another like super young director. I mean, he did safety, not guarantee, which is like one of my all time favorite movies, but it's also an extremely low, low, low budget movie. Yeah. You know, so going from that to a massive blockbuster, that's a big step, but it happens all the time in movies, especially like Marvel movies. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would love to see Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, directing, you know, a movie or be involved with it, but uh, it doesn't give me too much hope for like the, what I want of that, you know, you know, more Jurassic Park, the Lost World novel or like R-rated, something like that. I doubt it'll ever work out the way I want it to, but I think the logical next step is probably a prequel to Jurassic Park. I'm assuming they're already thinking Maisie being the focus um, back yeah. in the 80s kind of thing. It, it's it's so set up to be that. That's a good point. I didn't really think about that, especially because you could use the same actress as her, you know, playing her mother. And I really like her as an actress. I thought she was great in this. I think she like, she's like, sounds cool. Her voice is cool. Her deliveries. She's just a, she just seems like a, a budding star, like ready to, to like explode interesting that makes a lot of sense that actually does make a lot of sense now that i think about it because you could tap into the nostalgia what so do you think like obviously universal they, they're making the decisions like there's yeah. producers that are like i'm sure steve spielberg's sort of involved in it but do you think they'll go film franchise or are they going to go pull star wars and go all in on streaming on i guess they would go would it be peacock they would they would do Right. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I don't even know at this point what they're even thinking. I mean, because they haven't, it's not wrapped up. Like, no, it's almost like set up for more movies. Yeah. Because I have so many questions. Like, even Owen and Claire, like, their ending in the film is just kind of like, all right, you know, bye, Blue. Okay, let's get back in the car. Like, I know nothing about the current state of the world for them. Everything seems so happy, but it's like, no, there are huge problems going on in the world. Because yeah, because Biosyn essentially was one of the few things that was solving this problem was they were at least housing dinosaurs. Yeah, so what, the question is, who's doing that now? Are they still doing that? Are they still dropping dinos off at the sanctuary? I mean, yeah, and I think like the uh, the government agency that was created for it—I forget what the acronym is. Um, we saw them before uh, 
Ellie and Grant fly out, they had that moment where they're kind of talking to one of the the workers there. And then obviously in the um the the short film with the movie theater, we saw them like the those guys in the helicopter. Like, but that seems like a very I thought that was gonna be more involved. Like I thought they were gonna come in at the end and like have a JP3 moment, but yeah. Well, apparently mark's not in the picture anymore so i i'm glad we got a mark shout out i am i am glad we got a mark shout out but yeah but no kirby no kirby, no kirby. i thought maybe we'd get a kirby shout out too that would have been that would have been awesome um so maybe that's part of it like maybe are, are they gonna make a series about like dinosaur catchers you know like you could do a lost world where you're battling poachers versus like people working for the good, good guys. I don't know. Like there's a lot that there that they, I thought would be more involved in this story that they kind of, they set up and then yeah, like, I want to know about that. Okay. I guess save it for later. I mean, I feel like as long as this movie still makes, you know, a 1 billion or close to it, they'd, you know, still keep making movies. Um, maybe doesn't need to be the same big budget i mean it's it certainly does not need to be a two and a half hour movie so you cut a half hour ahead of time you're going to save quite a bit of money yeah uh, i'm also not opposed to a, a good streaming show but i don't know if they're quite there yet financially it'd be it be, would be hard um i know i know star wars has done a good job with that and and keeping the at least the visual effects and being I mean, it's just much easier to make a high quality TV show now, but um, yeah, well, and with them, they kind of had at that point, Last Jedi kind of killed it. Rise of yeah. Skywalker put the nail in the coffin. It was like, yeah, there's not going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. We got to do a TV show. Like, yeah, Jurassic doesn't seem like it's quite there yet. But will the next one have any big, the main people in the movie? Probably not. I would, I feel like Maisie just seems like the future for some reason. But I, I would, of course, prefer an Alan and Ellie film. I'm all about it. I don't need that a whole would... bunch of action. Like I need more of like who they are, what they're doing, what the world's like. Um, Cause they're still surrounded by dinosaurs. Like you don't have to go to an Island anymore. Like, no, you could have, yeah, you'd have it ideally anywhere. Actually maybe it would make it more affordable. I mean, people have talked, I think Brad was talking about on, on the dress park podcast of the, the new dinosaur in this one. I can't remember the one, the one with the, the talons or the long fingers, the Michael Myers uh, dinosaur that, which I love that whole scene. Cause I love the horror element, but you could, I think I've always said like, you could make one of the best horror movies, like low budget horror movies in this world now. Yeah. And for pretty cheaply. It's a terrifying world. Very terrifying at all levels, like eco ecologically uh, society, finance, all those things. That's what even Alan and Ellie at the end in DC, I'm like, how are you guys hanging out at the park? How is this a thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine if there's lions loose, like in the woods around here, but I mean, you're just going to go out. I, there's so many questions I have about how safe is the world because they really did nothing. I mean, you could argue they made things worse. Yeah. Because the sanctuary. I don't know if it's closed down as far as accepting new dinosaurs. I mean, if nobody's, moving these dinos off like the out of the cities yeah or tracking them going. yeah essentially essentially it's a power vacuum of dinosaurs <laughs> uh, it's a big question 
it, it's going to be, yeah, it's really interesting. And I'm looking at the box office. So looks like, I don't know if this is official numbers, one, 143 million. And this is Sunday, the, the 12th, um, which is pretty good. I think the, uh, the question is how will the next week and the following weekend look yeah. and globally to, cause that obviously the global numbers have really helped this franchise uh, succeed. So that's what I'm curious about. And I'm curious if the poor ratings are going to push a lot of people to not go see it that aren't the core fans. Oh, I mean, there's no doubt it hurts. I mean, and that's where I think critics are just wrong as far as like what these movies have become where it's not, they're not going for an Academy award. You know, no. Spielberg is not directing and making some groundbreaking movie. It's supposed to be fun. Um, even if I didn't like Jurassic world and fallen kingdom, it's tough for me to like say, Oh, it's an F movie. Like it's a D or an F. Yeah. At least Jurassic world. I know what they're going for, but they wanted to give people a good time in the theater. It wasn't what I wanted, but I mean, it's still, there's plenty of fun moments And this one. I don't know. It's just confusing to me, but I would say it certainly does hurt box office numbers when the critics are saying, you know, rotten tomatoes are 38%. That's, that's tough to, that's a tough one. Then we'll see what happens next. We don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll that's that's the mystery. Well, my friend, I know we're coming up here in an hour, but I thanks for thanks for taking the time to catch up. And it's just so good to hear your thoughts and process this as we do as fans as we get through the next oh, yeah, phase sure. of Dominion and beyond. Yeah, and I hope everybody goes see, goes to see the film. I don't know what kind of grade I'd give it as a critic, but I know I would say like, if you love movies in general in summer and action, like you're not going to be disappointed. No. You, and even if the bar is so high, I mean, yeah. And even if you're a casual fan of Jurassic, even if you really haven't even seen Jurassic worlds, I think you could go see this movie and you'll love it. Special thanks to Daniel for taking the time to connect and process everything about Dominion. Check out the latest episode of the Stuck on Sorna podcast where I read the lines of Billy from an early JP3 script dating back to April 2000. Uh, it's my voice acting debut and it's, uh, I don't know, uh, just go ahead and take a listen. It's uh, pretty cool to hear what this film could have been early on in the stages. I hope my angsty ability comes through in an entertaining way. As I'm recording this, Dominion is at 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is by far the lowest rated of the franchise. But the audience score is 79%, which is much higher than Fallen Kingdom, in equivalent with the first Jurassic World. So far, the box numbers are the opening weekend ended at 145 million, just a little bit over, which is lower than Fallen Kingdom, but right on pace. Domestically, it's at 157 million. Internationally, 247 million, with a worldwide of just over 405 million. We'll see what happens and what shakes out over the next couple weeks and see what Universal does looking at its entire property of Jurassic World, Jurassic Park. Stay tuned to the podcast as we discuss more fallout from Dominion. Please let us know your thoughts on the film by visiting our website, jurassicpod.com. Talk to you soon.